come to church on Wednesday nights? Yeah, I do, really. Yeah? Let's talk about something that you get to do on Wednesday nights that I think most people don't know about for kids. What When you come to church on Wednesday night, what do you come ready to tell Pastor Stephen because you get something for it? Um, my Bible verse. Your Bible verse, right? Because you get what? Some candy when you say it? Yes. And so Shiloh has been learning her Bible verses on Wednesday night at church. The only place she does that is on Wednesday night. Shiloh, would you tell your Bible verse that you learned this week? Uh-huh. Tell me that. Okay, so you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is God's gift, so works, so no one can give Post. Yeah, we struggle with that last word. Shiloh has been learning her memory verses, and me and her mama are so proud of her because on Wednesday night, she comes ready every time to tell Pastor Stephen her memory verses. And parents, I don't know if you know this, but Wednesday nights this fall are about growing strong in your faith. Adults, you will have all kinds of classes. Kids have this type of stuff going on. Students, man, they grow in their faith on Wednesdays. It's about growing strong. And on August 10th, we're going to do one more special thing. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have free Chick-fil-A at church that night. I know. Oh, you know? You know? Pastor Stephen told me. He told you? Well, guess what? We're going to have free Chick-fil-A. We're going to eat and fellowship together. You're going to get a taste of what we're doing this fall. Adults, we want you to be a part of this. So come August 10th for our launching back of Wednesday nights this fall, growing strong in your faith. Shiloh, I know we'll be there. Thanks for helping me with this video today, okay? <laughs>
Why not make this a priority? Why not give it a try and try to carve out this in your schedule? Because here's the reason why I would challenge you to do so. This semester on Wednesday nights, we've got three things for adults going on. I don't want you to miss it. The first is this. I've roped in some incredible leaders, and we are going to be walking through book one of a study called Growing Strong. That's kind of where I got the idea for the theme. This session will allow you to learn how to memorize scripture, mark in your Bible, study your Bibles, pray more effectively. It's a systematic study designed to help you grow in disciplines of the faith. And so if that's something you need in your life, I'd encourage you not to miss that. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to have a great time developing relationships, but we're also going to learn some basics of faith. And if that's not something that you think you'd be interested in, we also have an incredible men's study starting up. I think pastor's going to be in there with you along with some great men of our church called Man Up and a women's study, a women's group that's already been developed. They have stayed consistent throughout the year, and I'd love to see that group of women expand. And that's just for you adults that we're offering this fall, this fall for you. So I don't want you to miss that, but here's the other thing. Even if you as an adult think you're too busy, got too much going on, maybe that's not for you. I'm telling you as a parent, you do not want your kids to miss Wednesdays. It is so important for their faith. Shiloh just showed you in her video. I've been so impressed. We make a commitment as a family that she's going to be here on Wednesday. We try to keep our schedules open for that. It's not just as a pastor. I really believe in it because it affected my life. And because of that, my child comes home knowing scripture. Some of these verses better than I do, Pastor Michael. I mean, she just comes home and she's really embracing some of the things that Pastor Stephen and his team are pouring into them on Wednesday nights. And that only happens on Wednesday. It doesn't happen up there right now. It happens on Wednesday night. Students, your teenagers, they are missing out if they are not connected on Wednesdays. Pastor Noah and his team has an incredible worship service designed for them, small groups to help them discuss things. And, and one of the things coming out of this last season of life with all the challenges of our society is that teenagers, because they were isolated, because they weren't connected, because they weren't in school the normal ways, and I believe even more so they weren't in church, they are struggling more than ever. And so just don't neg neglect the fact that your teenager might need to connect with other kids their age, Christians. For all that they do throughout their week, they may need Christian friends, relationships, and Christian adults to pour into them and help them develop their lives. And so I just want to be real clear. This week we're giving you free Chick-fil-A so you will come get a taste. I would love for each and every person in this room to try out, even if you don't come back, Try out Wednesday night. So to be real clear, what's happening on Wednesday is 6 o'clock. We're going to eat, so not 5. We used to eat at 5, all right? I want to make that very clear for you old school people. We're eating at 6. Don't come at 5. It won't be ready. We're eating at 6. Everybody hear me? Amen, right? We're coming at 6 to eat. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to spend some great time. The groups that night, we're just going to break out for a few minutes. It's not a study night. It's just going to be a chance to introduce yourself to the group, about 30 minutes or so together. And we're going to have a great time experiencing what Calvary has to offer on Wednesday nights. So I would love for each and every one of you to give us a chance to try it out, to be here. At minimum, go home with a full belly, all right? So at minimum, you'll get free food. I would love to see you on Wednesday night. Um, we have a ton of things coming up this fall for you, but this is one opportunity I just don't want you to miss out on. So much so that I wrote my, my daughter into doing the video for you, all right? And that's why, because I believe it's that important. So, Pastor, thanks for letting me just take a few minutes to express that this morning. All right, let's, let's give a big thanks to Shiloh's dad, right? <laughs> Pastor Bo, thank you. And it is important. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. 
That's you. If you are a follower of Christ, you are a disciple. The word disciple means follower. And how do you follow Christ? Well, you learn what he teaches. You learn how to obey. You learn how to grow in your faith. And here's the reality. Most of your life is lived outside of church, right? Most of your life is lived out there soaking in, experiencing, battling the things of culture, the things of the world, the things in your social media, the things on the news. Most of the world is coming at you all day long. Why wouldn't you, as a follower of Jesus, pause your life for an hour on a Wednesday night to get refreshed and to be able to say, you know what, I'm walking through life weekly with God's people, and it's helping me as a disciple of Jesus. Uh, this morning, I'm excited uh, not only for us launching this week, Wednesday nights. Tomorrow, we launch Calvary Baptist School, and this week, we have poured a lot of effort into getting our teachers ready to be able to work with families and students, and here's what I want to highlight in all of this as a church and as a school. At our summer camp, one of our students who goes to our school went to our church summer camp with students and gave her heart to Christ. She's going to be baptized really soon. That's why all that you hear is about helping people come to know Jesus and follow him. I'm just excited about this week as we launch and kick off things. Now grab your Bibles, Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Let me encourage you over the next few weeks, um, bring your Bibles to church. Um, if you're not using a a hard copy of the scripture, pull it up on your phone. There's a lot of apps that you can do that. The Bible app, you can go to biblehub.com. There are a lot of ways you can use that. In scripture, we want you to be able to see how God is at work, not only in the word, but how he's at work living today in your world. Exodus chapter 14 is another one of those moments. Really, it's one of my favorite moments in Exodus. Uh, matter of fact, 18 months ago, I talked about it. And I, there's just a part of this story that's amazing. We've been talking about Moses as we finish up our Family of Faith series. We've got a couple of more weeks in that. This is one of those highlight moments for him. Matter of fact, if you were there in that moment, it would be a highlight moment for you. Have you ever had God do something personally amazing for you? I mean, have you ever had him come through for you and you just praise God for it? You are so thankful for how he provided. Maybe he gave you a new opportunity, new job, new relationship. Maybe you got a raise. Maybe you're still thankful that he saved your soul. Can I get an amen on that one, right? There are these moments where God comes through for you. In the last two and a half years, God has come through for you. If he hadn't, you wouldn't be sitting here. God comes through. He's been for us, for you. He works on behalf of his children and his people. But how do we respond to him when he comes through for us? What's the next step when God does something great? When God works on behalf of you and I as his children, when he really shows up, what's the response? What's the next step? In Exodus chapter 14, you're going to see a very human moment. A very human moment from people that God comes through for them, and you're going to see how they respond to him. Exodus chapter 14, we're going to start in verse 10. And as we read today from Exodus 14, and we continue to learn from the life of Moses, um, today's title, I've just kind of called it, Where Do We Go From Here? 
Because as you think about starting a new school year, maybe you're coming out of summer vacation mode, maybe you are ready to commit to become a disciple and to grow in your relationship with God, to take the next step of obedience to God and watch him bless your life. Well, where do you go? What does that look like? Well, in Exodus chapter 14, we learn some things about how we make the right steps, how we move forward, how we grow in our faith. And you're going to see early on the very first way not to do that. <laughs> Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were coming after them. And they became very frightened, so the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now let's pause right there for just a moment. What's happened? All of the things that we've read about the last few weeks, God came through on behalf of his children. Isn't that great? Isn't it good to know that God comes through on behalf of his children? Well, he did. And he led them single-handedly using Moses and Aaron. But God did all of these miracles to lead his people out of captivity, out of bondage, out of oppression, out of slavery, out of all of these things that owned them, God set them free. And so that's where they are. They are living in the fulfillment of God's promises. God did this for them. So what happens? They're out of Egypt. Pharaoh's let them go. And now they look behind. Wait a minute. Here he comes. Here comes Pharaoh. And so they cry out, they're frightened. They say to Moses, verse 11, are you ready for this? Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, listen to this, leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. It would be better for us to live in oppression. It would be better for us to serve as slaves to the Egyptian people. It would be better for us to remain in captivity, in bondage to what we had before you set us free, God. Are you tracking with me in this for just a minute? Are you seeing what's happening here? God comes through. He keeps his promise. He's faithful. He's merciful. He's loving. He's kind. He does this for his children. And where do you go from here? Oh, let's complain a little bit. <laughs> let's immediately, after coming out of Egypt, talk about how great the bondage was. How great the servitude was. Let's forget immediately all that God has done in his greatness for us. That's where they are. I would say if you want to move ahead in life, that's probably not a good place to start, right? But as we all need in our moments of humanity, we need someone to remind us who God is and to point the right way to move forward. And so Moses says in verse 13, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. I have one verse circled, and it's the next one in this chapter. Just a very important principle. 
The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. A contrast to what they were doing, right? They open up with complaining. They open up with bitterness after God is. And Moses says, I'm going to remind you who God is. And I'm going to remind you what he's going to do for you. Now shut your mouths. Stop complaining. Stop focusing on the wrong thing. Keep silent and watch how God will come through for you. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and reach out with your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. And as for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all of his army through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. God is always doing that. He wants people to know he's the Lord. They will know I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and through his horsemen. Then the angel of the Lord, who had been going before the camp of Israel, he moved and he went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. And there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Therefore, no one did not approach the other. Therefore, the one did not approach the other all night. Then Moses reached out with his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night. And he turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. But at the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians each said, let me flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them. Is the Lord fighting for you? The Lord is fighting for them. This is what the Egyptians are saying against us. And the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand over the sea So that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses reached out with his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak. While the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel, the children of God, those whom God comes through for, who he had proven himself, who he had done great things for them, they they walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left. 
It's one of my favorite stories in the book of Exodus. There are movies that have been made about this. It's hard to understand from a science point of view. A lot of people have tried to figure that out over time. Uh, there are people that say, you know, since this is practically impossible in the world, it must be that on the escape route of the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, as they were going across the Reed Sea, is what they would call it, um, it was so shallow that maybe it just kind of divided a little bit, and the Reed Sea is shallow, so they were all able to walk through shallow water. Some people, to explain this event, that's what they come up with. There's only one problem with that. You don't drown in shallow water as a soldier. I mean, I got any Navy SEALs in the room, any of you Marines, any of you who served... <laughs> You're not going to drown in shallow water. Not you and your whole company and all of your technology, which was above par at that time in history. Those people are not walking through some shallow bit of water and all of these other people who have been oppressed, who have nothing. They're not going to fail in their attempt to overtake them. They have orders from Pharaoh on what to do. You see, this moment you're not going to be able to explain unless you realize God was fighting on behalf of his children. And it didn't matter who seemed to be in charge that day. It didn't matter what science might say. And I'm a proponent of science. Don't hear me go anti-science, anti-military. If you've been around long enough, you know I'm for all of those things because they all have their place in the world. But they have their place under the hand of an almighty God who loves people. And who is going to redeem the lives of those who trust him. Last week we talked about the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is God's good news to save us. And our response is required of faith to trust him. Moses had to remind the children of God. Listen, the children of God. Anybody in here want to claim themselves to be a child of God? I'm thankful to be called a child of God. Moses had to remind the children of God, God's in charge. Do you need a reminder today that God's in charge? God was in charge in that moment, and yet they didn't feel like it. They weren't certain of it. Why? Because they looked around at their circumstances. They looked around at their world. They let the natural order, the natural way of things, what people said around them dictate their response. And Moses had to step in as someone to say, we're not going back there. We are going to move forward because God has called us out of this. Let me give you a life lesson if you're taking notes today. I think this will help you in your generation today as you think about this moment in history where Moses was used by God to set the people, the children of God, free. When I think about how we as people in this generation are bombarded by information, we're bombarded by the circumstances around us, we're bombarded by opinions and and the things that the world might throw at you as a believer. When I think about that, but yet I think about God's goodness, his faithfulness, his love for his children, I can see very clearly the difference between trusting him and moving forward and not trusting him and falling backwards. 
So here's the life lesson. Moving forward in faith. Moving forward in faith. Moving forward in faith. It keeps you from falling backwards in failure. That's good, isn't it? Moving forward in faith is the only thing that will keep you as a child of God, as someone that God loves, as someone that God has a purpose and a plan for. Moving forward in your faith is the only thing that will keep you from falling backwards in failure. When you look at the people of God in this moment, and I captured this section for a reason. When you look at them, what is the natural tendency for all people, even the children of God? What appears to be the easy way? What's the natural tendency? To fall backwards into where you came from. Backwards into old habits. Backwards into things that will pull you down. To trip, to stumble, and to always go back to what seemed to be the best. The unknown and the uncertain is strange for all of us, but we live with it every day. We truly don't know what will happen next. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. But there is a faith that is required to trust in the God who has been faithful to bring you to the point you are at right now. To trust him with the next step forward to move you forward in your relationship with him. The children of God in this moment are very typical. Perhaps even of you and I at times. Because the temptation is to stumble backwards into failure. To not move forward by faith. To take the next step. For example, Pastor Bo mentioned about Wednesday nights. An opportunity for you to grow strong in your faith. And some of you go, I need to do that. And you know what's going to happen this week? You're going to get busy. And you're say, <laughs> your spirit is saying, I need to be strengthened. My family, my home, my relationship. Whether it's through the women's study, the men's study, or, or the group study that we're going to be doing. You're thinking, and then all of a sudden what happens? You're going to go back to a normal habit. You're going to go back to things that perhaps don't work, that create oppression, that create bondage, that create slavery in your soul. And none of that is what God has for his children. He sets them free. The only way to determine what's next in your life that God has for you is to recognize, okay, I know where I came from. I know what I've been through. I know what that looks like, but I don't want to go back there. I want to move forward with the God that loves me, that has saved me, has a purpose and a plan for my life that is better than what's back there. One thing I've learned about us as Christians, one thing I've learned about pastoring people. Are you ready for this? It's usually the people who have been given the most by God who also give the least to him and complain the most. Isn't that a sad reality? I want, I want that to sink in for just a moment though. It's usually people who have been given the most by God. God has been gracious and good and kind and abundant. And in response, they take this children of Israel moments and they complain the most. Usually I hear it in church and they give the least. 
Now, they'll give everything else to the world, but when it comes to giving to the Lord, what do you mean 10%? What do you mean a tithe? What do you mean service? What do you mean going to Bible study? I mean, those are low bars, by the way, <laughs> very low bars. Those are easy. Those are just the things done in church, not to mention the things that would equip you to be strong out there. But in this moment, what do you see? The children of Israel do the same thing. Now, I bring that up because the reality is I know, myself included, all of us sitting in this room and listening online today, none of us would dare to complain the way that the children of Israel complained in this moment. But do you see the contrast? Do you see the irony of the story? They literally have just seen all of the miracles of God brought forward for them for their salvation. And what's the first thing they do when something difficult comes their way? God, you're going to fail us now. God, where are you? Moses, what have you done? We would rather go back into bondage. How do you avoid that? When God does something miraculous for you, and he has, by the way, he constantly does. All we have to do is open our eyes and be aware of how much he loves us. He's speaking. His spirit is prompting. He's working to get our attention to be able to use our lives in a better way than anything in the past. How do we move forward? Well, there's, some few, there's a few things that I give you quickly this morning that I think I learned from the children of Israel. I believe we can learn from the children of Israel. And I'm thankful for a man of faith in this moment, Moses, who teaches us the right steps to move forward instead of falling backwards. Number one, here's the first thing that I take away from their experience. Who you focus on will determine how you respond. Write that one down. Who you focus on in your life will determine how you respond. Whoever it is that you're focused on, your social media perhaps, you know, maybe it's your employer, um, maybe it's your favorite politician, maybe it's your favorite preacher, hopefully it's the voice of God through his word. But whoever it is that you are focused on, that is going to determine your response to everything else in your life. So for example... Let's say you're an athlete and, and you're paying attention to social media and, and there's this great athlete and this great athlete takes a stand on something with social media and you're following that athlete and that athlete means more to you or perhaps because they've arrived and they have lots of money or they're successful in their field of business and they do that and that's your number one audience. When they say something because you're focused on it, guess what's most likely going to happen in your life most likely you're going to repeat in your belief system and in your response system as an individual what that person says why because that's who you're focused on now as a believer I would like for all of us to think that yes it doesn't matter who's out there what the voices are out there whatever they say I'm going to focus on Jesus and what God says but the reality is that when Pharaoh comes calling, when the troops come chasing, when the chariots and the horses start roaring in our lives, 
Whoever we're focused on is going to determine how we respond in this world. Moses had to remind the children of God, you're focused on the wrong person. God has already proven himself to set you free. God has already done all of these miracles for you. Just a few weeks ago, I went through 10. He went through 10 ways of showing himself to be the God to be honored among the Egyptians. And you know what God says in this passage? Did you pick up on this? I will be honored among the Egyptians. I will be honored through this great route that's about to occur. I'm going to be honored by them. But who was the quickest to dishonor him? Whoa, wait a minute, Pastor. <laughs> Why you got to point that out, right? It was his kids. It was his children. It was those who had received his salvation, his redemption, his freedom from oppression and bondage. It was his kids who had the new start for a new life and a new direction. And what do they want to do? Fall backwards into failure. Who we focus on will determine how we respond in this world. So the question naturally is, child of God, are you focused on the Lord? Because the Lord came through. You see that. The oceans part. His children walk through. Moses reminded him, stand still. Watch what God does. And you will be reminded who he is and how he loves you and how he's going to redeem. In that moment in history, everybody understood the Lord. But... It required a reminder, and perhaps today this is yours. Maybe your focus is in the wrong place. As you start a new year, maybe the focus needs to be dialed in to the Lord so that when the Pharaoh comes calling in your life, when the bondage comes calling in your life, when the past comes calling in your life, or when you're hoping for a better future in your life, you are focused on the one who can deliver it actually to you, right? And that's a powerful moment of how you and I as believers, we move forward instead of falling backwards, focusing on the Lord. Number two, write this one down. What you say does reflect what you believe. What you say reflects what you believe. Jesus said it this way. Out of the how, out of the heart, flows what is really inside of a person. What's inside of us, it flows out. And how do we know what someone really believes? By what they say. Our culture right now, you, you see a lot of division again. It's funny, it never goes away, does it? <laughs> it's like someone behind the scenes is always stirring up division amongst people. Wonder who that could be. Well, the same person that created the same sense of bondage, oppression, the lack of value for God's people way back then. The devil is good, people. Satan is good. And his best trick is to make you think it's somebody else doing it and he doesn't exist. He's working all the time. And when we see this, what happens if we're focused on the wrong person or the wrong thing and we're listening to the wrong voices, then guess what happens? You begin to take sides. Don't tell me you hadn't taken sides lately. 
And you begin to take sides. And right now, I know you're going, well, pastor, my side's right. <laughs> pastor, my side. Let me just ask you this. Is your side Jesus? Because if you're focused on anything else out there other than Jesus, I can't wait to talk about this in the fall. If you're focused on anything else, solving a problem other than what God has clearly revealed about his character, his design, his redemption for children and people through his son Jesus, you're off. You're off. Why? Because your focus has gotten down here instead of what God says about it. And then... We begin to speak, don't we, as people? I mean, before we're too hard on ourselves, let's go back to the story. Let's go back to the scripture. What do the children of God do? Oh, it would be better for us to go back there. It would be better for us. Moses, you brought us out here to die. God doesn't love me. You ever done that? I'm sure that you have, right? It's basic human nature. And what happens when we do that? We are revealing the nature of our faith. We are revealing the depth of our character. We are revealing what we really believe about God. What you see here with the children of Israel then, and, and I think it always needs to be addressed for us, the children of God today, what we say reveals what we believe about God. Therefore, when it comes to knowing him, spending time with him, understanding his character, it's why we have people that point us back to him like Moses did. His word to reveal to us who he is and what he desires. His plan and pathway of total redemption for those who would receive it. And therefore then our speech, as the Bible says, becomes seasoned with salt. We tame that rudder of the ship, the tongue, that causes so much destruction and we use it to build up, not tear down. We begin to speak in faith of what God can do instead of stumbling into the speech of the world, which is always negative, always critical, always undermining, will never build you up, and always has an agenda. That's what the world does, and therefore, it doesn't deserve as much focus as we give it. And we definitely don't always want to speak like it. I have this funny thing that happens here at Calvary Baptist School. Many of you have been affiliated with it before. You've taught. You've had roles of administration. Here's the interesting thing about Calvary Baptist School as we start school. And many of you parents, perhaps you've experienced this. Um, some of you, you are going to be parents one day. And so you're going to experience this. Children are angels. Up until about the fifth grade. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some of you go, well, I probably wasn't an angel up until the fifth grade. Some of you go, you might have started. Something just happens in kids. Now, we know medically and scientifically what's going on, right, in boys and girls. But these changes begin to occur. But one of the reflections of these changes, they begin to test boundaries, right? And it's not just with actions that your children begin to test boundaries. It's with their words. 
I mean, I've heard words come out of some kids' mouths that, I, that I'm even ashamed to say, right? And they're just testing boundaries. They'll say them at school. And I'm like, what? Where did you learn that? They'll even try to trick you into saying bad words, you know. They'll ask you a question. I see some of you kids smiling right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? The power of words. They reveal what we really believe. They reveal how we feel. They reveal where we can go in life. They reveal the kind of character. One of the things I teach the children here is, hey, listen, I understand there are those moments where speech becomes less than. Maybe this is a message for grown-ups and not so much kids, right? Because sometimes speech can become less than. Um, but what I try to teach our children here is have a higher vocabulary than just resorting to profanity or words that trick, show your intelligence and your character by what you say. Now, we teach that to our children here. Many of them come from around the community in the West Bank and the city. And we try to teach that because we want them to shine. We want them to reflect the character of Christ. But I think it comes back to this moment because the children of God, the grown-ups, start complaining and grumbling. By the way, you'll see this happen over and over again in Exodus. This is just kind of one of those moments where it stands out because God did something really good. And what do they do with their words? They begin to tear down. They begin to complain. They begin to whine. I don't know about you, but as a parent, there's nothing that gets on me more than when kids whine. My kids. I'm not talking about yours, but when mine start whining and complaining, I mean, you know, it's kind of that moment when you're driving and you want to hop in the back. And now who's driving because they're complaining back there? You know what I'm saying, right? How we speak, how we respond reveals what we believe. Child of God, son, daughter of Christ. When God comes through for you, is it praise? Is it an expression of gratitude daily? When difficulties come, the pressure mounts. God, it'll never work out. What do you say? Verse 14, I love, because literally Moses says, shut your mouth. Literally, Moses is like, enough. Enough. Why don't you just stand there? And watch what God's going to do. And he will deliver you. I, I love the way he describes this in verse 14. That's why I circled it. He will deliver you if you'll keep your mouth shut. Now think about that. What it means if they kept complaining. Well, all of a sudden they're not going to see the next miracle, the dividing of the sea, the next provision, the next moment of salvation. They're not going to stand. Why? Because all of a sudden their focus is down here. Their speech is less than and it's revealing a lack of faith. And Moses looks, says to them, look, enough. Watch what the Lord will do. Sometimes, Christian, it's a very mature thing in your faith to shut your mouth. And let God do his business. We don't always have to solve every problem ourselves. We can stand back and let God work. And that's a huge sign of faith, maturity, and also knowing how to measure what you say. Because silence allows God to work. And perhaps sometimes that's what we need more than anything else is to trust him instead of always talking 
Number three, finally, how you walk will determine where you end up. How you walk will determine where you end up. How you walk in this world will determine where you end up in your life. And when you look at this passage, God does a miracle. He parts the seas. And again, some people question this, but I've, I've shared that. You know, the reality is there was an escape route that God had for his people. There was a plan that God had for his people. He executed it perfectly, destroyed not only their enemies, but proved himself to be God, proved himself to be faithful to his own children. All they had to do was walk on the path that he gave them. All they had to do was walk the path that he provided. It was the path he provided. That's all they had to do was walk the path. Now, the Egyptians, they had the chariots, they had the horses, right? But it's funny how when you're not focused on the Lord, when you're not expressing your faith in the Lord, life gets confusing. The Bible says God allowed, God worked, the chariots they had a hard time steering the soldiers. They began to divide themselves. They began to worry about it. And they literally began to escape right into destruction. <laughs> They're literally fleeing right into the heart of the sea. And as Moses waves the staff and lifts it up, I love this too. Do you notice what the Lord did? The Lord looked down which he's always paying attention, he looked down on the army of the Egyptians. Now, if you're Pharaoh, you're looking up on your army. If you're a soldier, you're better than these people. I'm going to conquer them. I've got everything I need. I've trained for this, right? There's something about humility, though, because the Lord's always above. The Lord is always in charge. The Lord is always at work. And as the Lord looks down, he throws them into confusion. I even, I even love the prelude to that, right? What happens before they go into the sea? The Lord removes himself from in front of the children of God to behind the children of God, which 18 months ago when I talked about this passage, one of the things I loved about it is that one of the good things about God, he's got your back. When no one else has your back, if you're focused on him, if you're speaking of him, if you're walking with him, God goes before you, God goes around you, and God's always got your back. Amen? That's a beautiful part of this passage. And what's your role? When he sets the path in front of you, walk where God told you to walk. You see, the Egyptians had all the stuff. Pharaoh had all the stuff. But you know what the children of God had to do? You know what they had to do? They had to walk. They had to walk into the ocean. You know what God did for them? Dry ground. What usually happens when water moves? I mean, we've had some rain around here last couple of days. And I don't know if, about you, but if you've tried to cut your grass, oh, man, it's like a mush fest, right? It's wet out there, right? What do the children of God get in this moment? God brings the wind, divides the waters. They wall up left and right. And the children of God... They get dry ground, which is a reminder God's never going to lead you into a mess. God's never going to lead his children into something that would destroy them. All they have to do is follow him and walk the path that he's given. How you walk 
determines where you end up. You walk with the Lord, you end up on the other side. <laughs> you end up on dry ground. You end up in a promised land. You end up in the right place. You follow the Lord. You walk with him. You're in the right direction. That's moving forward, not falling backwards. You doubt him. <laughs> you complain. <laughs> you fall back into the old ways. You don't take the point of reminder that Moses gave to the children of God then and apply it to our lives as the children of God today. Then we end up in a mess, right? You ever end up in a mess before? I have. No fun. And maybe sometimes you don't see that mess coming, right? You don't think that where your focus is and what you say and how you walk affects where you're going, but it does. Where your focus is and what you say and how you walk determines everything about your life. So if we could walk away today saying as children of God, moving into the fall, moving into this year, thinking about our families, thinking about our friends, thinking about our direction for life, what's next. Son, daughter of God, person who knows him greatly through Jesus and those who perhaps you're on the fence, you're still searching, but God is still speaking even to you. It's simple. Focus. God, I'm going to focus on you. I hear the noise. God, I'm going to focus on you. I know you're going to get me where I need to be. God, I want to be careful not to complain, not to get lost in my speech, saying things that are not of you, not just profanity, but opinions, habits, gossip, Oh, heaven forbid any Baptist children would gossip. Never heard of that. Church people don't gossip at all, right? Let me pray for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The reality is that can be a part of our speech. Rein that in. If it doesn't belong in a children of God's mouth, don't let it come out. Rein that in. And walk. Walk as we're teaching the students around here. As the Bible says to the Apostle Paul. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him in all respects, because that is the reflection of someone who has obtained the salvation of their souls. Let's bow our heads and pray today. And as we do business with God for just a moment, each and every one of us in our seats and online, what is God saying to you about your pathway forward by faith? Is it an issue of focus? Are you looking at the wrong people, listening to the wrong voices? Is it an issue that out of your mouth is coming the reflections of your heart and therefore your heart is not in the right place with God and therefore because it's not what you say, is not going to lead you to the right place. Is it your walk? Is it very simply that the way in which you're walking in this world is not a reflection of a godly life, but it's just like everyone else? Maybe it's time to change the walk. I want to pray for you right now and pray with you because the answer to that is the God who parts the waters in life. The God 
who gives you a pathway on dry land. The God who does not want you to fail by falling backwards. But the God, just like then, the same God today, the God of salvation for your life and your soul. Father, as I pray right now, there are men and women, students in this room and online who hear your voice. They know you're speaking to them right now. Your Holy Spirit has been working and now they hear you prompting and they know it's time for change. For some right now, they know that you are a God who provided salvation. And we know that in the New Testament, you've said it very clearly, it was all fulfilled in Jesus. Right now, there are men and women who need to give their hearts to Jesus for salvation of their souls and their lives to move forward. God, right now, there are Christians who perhaps with their speech have been less than what you've called them to be, but now they're ready to rise above. God, there are people in this room whose walks have been off path, but it's time for them to step on path with you. God, through all of this, we know it's our hearts and our focus on you that's needed above all. So right now in this room, as we do business with you, I pray that this is a new beginning, a way forward for your children because of who you are. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In your chair in front of you, there is a response card. Don't run out today without responding. So perhaps for some of you, you go... I need that next step of salvation. I'd like to know more about what it means to have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. Maybe, perhaps, on that response card, you would just say, Hey, pastor, prayer team, can you pray for this in my life? Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe relationship. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an attitude. And you want somebody to pray. Fill that out. Drop that in our prayer basket, in our offering basket on the way out. Because your response is a part of your step forward. Let me mention this. Um, each and every week we talk about our offering. Maybe your response is to say, you know what? By faith, it's time for me to actually begin to give. We'll talk about this in the weeks ahead. But the bar is a tithe. And a tithe is a tenth. And here's the thing. <laughs> the government will take 10% just like that. You know what you'll do? You'll give it. You'll complain about it, but you'll give it. But if God gives a pathway forward, you go, nah, God, I'm going to step into the mud over here <laughs> instead of walking on what you've said. Your giving matters. It matters not only for this church. It matters for the ministries. It matters as we continue to do what has to be done in our community. Aren't you thankful that God has placed you here for his mission in this community? He called you to New Orleans for a reason. And that's what we're about. And today, by your response, whether it's by faith or it's practical, by giving, you're saying, God, I don't want to fall backwards in failure. I want to walk forward in faith 
to victory. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I want us to worship as we close today and make sure on your way out today, you're active in your response with God.